0: It's time for another episode of the cultural hall. And as you heard by the music, it is an articles of news episode coming up in the third block. Corey K. Ward will drop in. We'll talk about the latest and greatest news from the temples of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, including, uh, I'll recount, uh, a little bit more about my trip to the Helena, Montana, open house. Temple Extravaganza. Uh, festival. And we'll talk about that. That'll come up in the third block of the cultural hall. You heard the ooh; it means I'm joined by Chow Charmaine Wild. Thanks for being here.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy! Good uh, to be here.
0: I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it because these uh, these next t- two episodes. So I get I get you, I get the yeah. female Wild, I get the she Wild, and then I get uh-huh. the Wild in the next episode yep. with news. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: He's the better Wild. Let's no, be
0: honest. Oh
1: nope! Oh come he, on! Nope, he's the original. He's,
0: He is the original Wild in my life. (laughs) He, as actually, I was thinking about it, and I'm sure we'll talk about when I chat with him. He and I have now uh, known each other for 26 years and been friends Mm -hmm. for nearly 22.
1: I'll never beat that.
0: Nope. I'll never beat that. No. You won't ever. (laughs) Yep. Sorry. Unless you kill him, and then we continue to be friends.
1: Well, yeah, then we beat it, but...
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not on a murder train right now, so okay. I'm not going to
0: okay. do that. So. <laughs> I I've, I saw that movie with, uh, you know, the murder train, the Orient express. We digress. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, when, when we chatted, uh, I think it was Facebook. Maybe it was somewhere else. You wanted to take me to task and I want to allow you the opportunity to take me to said task oh. for a moment.
1: Yes. Yep. I was listening as a dedicated listener regular attender, you know, Uh, I had listened to an articles of news where you were talking with another Texan, Andrew,
0: Mr. And
1: yes, and he was visiting his mom. Mm -hmm. And you had said, Oh, is she doing all the mom things like your laundry, making you food? And I was like, Hey, Richie, hey, I just kind of sent you a message and said, those are not the mom things necessarily that kind of that's more like the butler things. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've been watching too much Bridgerton or something. I don't know, but <laughs> I just kind of wanted to. I I personally messaged you, which I think is how we do things when we say, "Oh, I don't I don't necessarily agree with what that person said," and just kind of said, "Hey, you might want to be sensitive because we've we moms have really pushed that being a mom is more than just you know the physical things we do for our family, but it's that mental." burden we carry about is everyone okay? Are they doing all right? Which right. I think is what you meant. To be fair, Richie, I think that's what you you were trying to say was, is she doing those things where she's fussing over your well-being and right. how you're doing and concern for you, but without understanding that or, or it's a very surface look at motherhood of, oh, you know, they just take care of those physical needs. But what we're really doing, what those acts represent is your mom is trying to Make sure you're okay, that you know you're loved, that you're cared for, that you have your needs met. And um, so, yeah, I did. Yeah. That's what I did.
0: Yeah, in, in my mind, uh, this is no sort of defense, but this is this is certainly where my mind was going, is this very, like, 80s sitcom, mm. uh, you know, picture of motherhood, which was all I was yeah. saying. Is she doing all the things like you never left the house? Sort of infantilizing y- Uh, mr mayor that's that's all i was trying to say it was no sort of judgment on motherhood but as you point out i appreciate that you said something to me and then we could be able to have a discussion about it and there will be people that will go come on chow
1: i know being
0: awfully sensitive and other people that are like that's right we are yeah we do do more than that so i appreciate all sides of that conversation yeah
1: i just think sometimes it can get lost on why do we do those things? Why do we care so much? And, but I think the heart of it, the meat of what a mom is trying to do is she just, you know, wants to make sure you're doing okay. Taking that mental load of her children and, and making it hers and making it right. So, so yeah, no, it was a good discussion and definitely a humorous trope to fall into, but the moms out there that are doing the laundry that are making the meals and you do it even when your kids come back. And if you think, am I just a am I just kind of a joke to the world? You're not. You're not. You're carrying that burden. You're worrying about those kiddos and that's vulnerable. So this pump if, power.
0: If there's anything uh that I felt beyond that, it's jealousy because when I come home with to to stay with my mom, <laughs> she's like, What? I didn't do it <laughs> what before. Do you want? I'm not gonna do it again. How are you? Let's talk. You wanna tell some jokes back and forth? That's how that's uh that's the love language. That's the caring about my welfare right. that my mom does.
1: Yep, that's the relationship and foundation that you've you've got. So I don't know. Some I used to joke. This is kind of digressing a little bit, please. But I used to think I should like when I and this was like earlier years in the church where I would hear about these families and these kiddos who like came out as gay and their family disowned them. I thought, you know what? I'm going to be like, have me be your Twitter mom or have me be your, like you could hire me to be your mom and I will worry about you. And I'll, I will fulfill that role because it's nice to have somebody worried about you. I had a friend who he's an attorney and he, um he like got in a car accident on the way to court and he posted in, in an attorney group about it. And just kind of shared that his experience and he wasn't updating everybody on how he's doing. And I said on his message, I said, Eugene, as a mother, I am worried about you. You need to tell me if you're okay. This is my mom is kicking out and he messaged me later and said, Hey, that was really nice. You know, like to, to have somebody have that worry and concern for me. It's, it's been a long time since I've had somebody say like, as a mother, mm-hmm. are you Okay. And I think it's a relationship a lot of people crave. So I just thought that'd be fun, a fun job for me to have, just be like, rent a mom and I will come and I will fuss over you and, you know, tell you like, drive safe. You stay off that phone, you know, holy Nothing good happens after midnight, Richie. Don't you stay up late.
0: Return with honor.
1: I get it. Return. Yep. I'll (laughs) say all those things and mean them.
0: Remember who you are and what you
1: stand for. Yep treat every girl like that's your mom and then they're like oh that's just weird yeah. mom i'm going on a date <laughs>
0: uh so if so, you need if you need chow to be your mom contact at the dot yes. we'll make that connection yes. was your next message to eugene and if you need legal representation i would love to be able <laughs> to help you we could sue them for what it, no was that that wasn't no part of it, it was just turned, genuine care yes.
1: it was just caring he he's a good lawyer and he he knows himself and you know, I'd say he knew a guy, but he knew the guy who is himself that oh. was perfectly capable of it. So,
0: and so, yeah. Did. So the moral of the and story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well no, fun. rent a mom. My new MLM coming Do to a Do Utah it. town near you.
0: The only question, uh, if we're making an, an, an into an MLM, is like, how does that work in the downline? We'll we'll suss out the details and maybe I'll. Yeah. I'll I'll uh I'll chat with you about that again in the future. Uh, school's out for the uh, wilds of Texas.
1: It it is. Yeah. Kicked,
0: kicked it off by going to the Schlitterbahn, which is my favorite thing to say out loud.
1: Yeah, I have a son that has a speech impediment, and oh, so no. he will <laughs> accidentally call it. He will forget the L in sure, that, and sure. so now he overcompensates, and it is the slitter. Splitter bomb, which I'm like also doesn't sound great no either. But um, you know, we've been about four times in the last seven days.
0: And it's a water park for people who don't know.
1: Yeah, it is a water roller coaster park. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, that you it's imagine a roller coaster but with water, and that's what you have. And you go up and down and you turn, and it's and there's tons of rides um two bribes, there's wave pools there's a a kind of smooth river there's a wave river um there's a dragon's revenge that has lights and you actually there's one part of the ride. i'm gonna spoil it so sorry to everybody listening or maybe this will encourage you to go there's one point on the dragon's revenge where there's a waterfall coming down mm-hmm. and They've managed to reflect the image of a dragon on this waterfall. Wow. And it looks like you're going right into the dragon's mouth as you approach this waterfall. It's just like the dragon opens his mouth and you kind of, I mean, as kids, you're like, what? Yeah. the dragon. Yeah, <laughs> You're going inside. But it's just the water. So it's, um, and it has music. It is a full cinematic experience when you do the dragon's revenge.
0: Now, so, and, and and exciting now because Disneyland is getting rid of uh, Splash Mountain, the Schlitterbahn is actually yes. adopting uh, that yeah. the Dragon Ride is going to become song 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 of the South.
1: Yeah,
0: because yeah. Texas yep. doesn't care. Nope,
1: no, no, nope. we we have yes, that that is what it is. So, <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, what do so. you do?
0: Uh, I I got to tell you this. I was doing a wedding the other night, and um. It it always worries me whenever there's toasts. Did you guys have toasts at your wedding? I think I went to your wedding. Maybe I even um, did your wedding.
1: You you were not DJing yet. You uh-huh. came to our, we had a wacky wedding a little uh-huh. bit. Uh-huh. Uh, we had a pre-reception in okay. Utah, uh-huh. married in Cardston in Canada. Uh-huh. And we had a luncheon at a carriage museum. And we did do toasts at that luncheon. So you and probably, then, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say and then we got married at five o'clock at night. And then we peaced out and left and went on our honeymoon, like the what everything built up to the wedding. Mm-hmm. And then we got married and we said goodbye. And our family went and ate Chinese food. They went to a Chinese buffet to be like, yay, we're rid of them. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Like, yay. So,
0: so that was yeah. that. So uh, the toasts, typically you just have whoever is assigned to toast, right? Like Russ mm-hmm. will give a toast and Chow will give a toast and that will be it. Mm-hmm. And as, yep. uh, as sort of the party host or MC, I'll say, all right, uh, everyone, please put your hands together for the first toaster of the evening. Let's give it up for Chow. And then Yay! you up and then, uh, for those of you who don't know me, which is how 90% of toasts start and then they get into it and then they awkwardly go and then we right go on. So I did this the other night and there was like eight toasts, which I always encourage people to not do because after about four people stop paying attention. But these people, they're like, listen, uh, they're, you know, it's going to be very uh, short. All of these people will be short uh, as far as what they're going to say, which they weren't. Two of them had to be translated from Farsi to (gasps) English. Oh, and, and one of them was the father of the bride who did the whole father of the bride thing. And it was like, oh man, it was like when you re- repeat your vows, you know, the dad would say it. Then the son would say what it was in English. Then the dad would say it. Then the son would say it. So it went on and on. We're wrapping this thing out. We're done. And I'm like, everybody give me a round of applause for all the toasters. Right. And then this guy comes up walking towards me and is like, Hey, I, I want to say something. I want to say something. One more encore. And I look at the bride and groom and I was like, hey, is this is this all right? Several people were several drinks in at this point. So I was like, hey, Mm -hmm. is this is this an okay person? They're like, yeah, go ahead. So this guy was from Sweden. And oh. he was—he had a very uh, thick Swedish accent, right? And he's going on and talking about love, and going on and talking about love. And at about nine minutes in, he's talking about the Geneva Convention with Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev, and so much on and love on and there. On. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't follow it. I. At that point, I was just like, how do we get out of this? Looking at the bride, I almost did like the end of the award ceremony play, you know, mm-hmm. playoff, but then he was done. And okay. everyone really gave him a big round of applause. It ended up being like 10 or 11 minutes or something like that.
1: Wow. And I got
0: up. And this, this is why I share this story. I got up, I grabbed the microphone and I said, all right, everybody, if you had Mikhail Gorbachev on your wedding speech bingo playlist, go ahead and cross that box off. Do we have any bingos? And everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Good it was job. an epic moment for somebody like myself. So
1: that you're a professional, a true professional when you can Thank pull you. that
0: off. When you can, yeah, cool. when you can make a joke that makes fun of one of the guests and everyone loves it it's a win. Yeah. Doesn't get any better. Uh, Let's take a break and then we come back. uh, We'll do actual articles of news and Cardston, as a matter of fact, part of the articles of news. We'll come back and do that in the second block. Hey, you guys wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged four to eleven it's called the Friend Magazine skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's gonna include new stories and new music from the Friend Magazine. It's uh, you know a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey kids, enable the Friend Magazine skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free, It's built by the church, so there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill Be sure to enable it on your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Here in the second block, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Uh, I think that we shall start here. Here's a story that took me a little bit to figure this out. The headline, current first presidency quorum of 12 apostles are the sixth longest tenured in church history. When you hear that headline, what do you think that means?
1: That means that these guys have been in charge for the longest, the sixth longest time ever.
0: Okay. So the way that I interpreted it is like, you you know, you had like, uh, President Nelson has been apostle since 1980, whatever. So that's 20 years. And then you add it to Elder Holland's 17 years and you add it to, that's not what this is.
1: No. No. Well, what is it I
0: had to read into it what it is get ready statisticians who are wondering why this was the first story that we started with it is that the uh there has been no new apostle named so the 15 oh. that are in now have been in there the sixth longest
1: okay okay i follow that
0: so uh the longest cuz we're not going to go through all of them you you might think it would be modern day and it is but not modern modern day. The longest was 3,858 days. For those that are counting at home, that's just a little shy of 12 years. Ten years, six months, and 22 days. During the tenure of President Heber J. Grant, that's how mm. long that group of 15 people stayed in together. And then it starts was, all over when someone passes away and someone else gets assigned. Yeah,
1: that's a long time. Related? Related? related Uh to this. I have a news story related to this from the church news, from the official church news. We now have the longest or the most nonagenarians serving in church leadership than ever before.
0: And a nonagenarian is someone in in their nineties?
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause I read it and I said, misread it as like non-agrarian and i was like is this something <laughs> about agriculture like this is the longest non-farmers we've had I, was, I had to reread it and then i'm like oh no that's different
0: a non because i know octogenarian obviously ate, yes you know. yep
1: stepped 70s yep. but yeah most in their 90s ever in church history in our church history obviously there's other churches sure catholic church that have had more non but um, yeah, yeah, but I would think within our church.
0: But I would think within the Catholic Church that it would be now or adjacent to now would be the most nonagenarians they've ever had, just because of life expectancy. Fair.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: So here's the real question: President Nelson centenarian? Oh, I
1: do you don't think? Know.
0: I think so. I think so too. I, I
1: think it's, it's,
0: weird. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's weird when you start talking about prophet of gods and like their death, and I know some yeah. people think umbrage with that. But I mean, for all intents and purposes. He'd have to, his health would have to fail him pretty quickly to not make it to 100.
1: Yeah, he's going to try to catch Moses, I yeah. think, is the goal.
0: Yeah, uh, I read Methuselah, but Moses is cool. <laughs> Moses is cool. Uh, what, uh, let's see, where should we go? How about, uh, did you watch Elder Oaks when he was talking to the young adults? there been a lot of chatter I, on this online.
1: I did not watch that. I don't have young adults, I have... Children still, so I, um, I missed out on that one. So, so you tell,
0: said, yeah, you said eh, take a pass. So uh, yeah, here. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, people will say, and certainly the uh, this particular talk and other talks, like when it's for the kids, it's it's mostly for the kids. But in some mm-hmm. ways, I actually like being able to step into the, you know, the there's a fireside for the single adults. I like being able mm-hmm. to listen to that sometimes and being mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, what a great message. That I'm not sure why that was geared only towards the single adults there's there's a little bit more uh with this particular story so elder oaks and his wife um they spoke about the role and timing of marriage and children basically there have been some recent statistics we all know it people are getting married older uh waiting Mm -hmm. for marriage whether it's to have a home or to pay off college or to have the actual job um it's like four or five years later than it used to be, and by "used mm-hmm. to be," I mean like '50s, '60s. So, and I'm paraphrasing. Everyone who's like, uh, technically, it was 1971, but <laughs> you get the gist of what I'm saying. Yes. So, yep. so, so the urge was the uh, the the urging, rather, was, hey, guys, get it done earlier. Go for it earlier.
2: Mm-hmm. They
0: they they were not that heavy handed, and you probably remember this from being in a singles. Uh, word either in college or post mission where they sort of joke and then it becomes uncomfortable. I didn't feel like they, they got to that point, but they Mm -hmm. were definitely like, listen, the, you know, the, the plan, if you're going to do this thing, don't wait was essentially the message. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, and I guess the thing for me and where a a lot of people have talked about it is it's like, if you wait, do you ensure the likelihood that your marriage is going to be successful? Do you get to know yourself better? Is it better to get yourself established Mm -hmm. and then be able to welcome someone else into your life? Or is it better to sort of grow that life with the other person? And a lot of people, you know, kind of sharing feelings as far as that goes. Yeah. But, but I guess the thing, and, and maybe, you know, Maybe this is just not my experience, even though I've been married, you know, I'm married now in my second marriage. Uh, like I never waited. Like once I was like, yeah, this is this is the jam. Like I just was like, let's do this. And maybe that's mm-hmm. because my first marriage was when I was 30. And so anything that I would have been waiting for had already You'd already waited.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. I'd already done it. Yeah. I, so here's my my thoughts. I. um. I dated Russ for three years before sure. we got married and I went on a mission in that time. And when I got back, so I got back October 13th, we got engaged uh, November 9th. And honestly, it, our relationship was at a point where it was like, look, we either get married or we move on. Yeah. Like that's, that's where we were, we had progressed. So I, what well, my takeaway would be from president Oaks would be, Wait, is he President Oaks?
0: Yeah, President Oaks.
1: Okay. I always have to double think that, who gets in and out of the first presidency. So look at your relationship. And is it going to, like, is it still developing, progressing, moving along? You're growing your relationship? or Are you hitting like a, like we were just at a plateau of, hey, you're living in St. George. I'm up here in Salt Lake City. We either get married and move forward or like we need to move on. You know, mm-hmm. it's just anyways, then we got married and moved to Texas, yeah. but that's, that's kind of my thought. And then here's the other thing that I think maybe will help people. Cause I think too, as a young person, you think, well, if I get married, that just opens the next can of worms of, well, when are you going to have kids? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you just mm-hmm. like, you exchange one pressure of marriage for another pressure of reproducing mm-hmm. and we were married for five years before we had kids mostly because I didn't want to have kids. And I wrote a blog post for the cultural hall way back in the day that if you really want to dive down into that situation, listeners, you're more than welcome to. But I love that now having kids and like now having a lot of kids, I look back (laughs) at those five years of no kids and I'm like, man, that was a smart move. Like we didn't necessarily do that intentionally, but really grateful that we had five years of marital bliss-ish. I don't want to say it was perfect, but you know what I mean? It, I, <laughs> I, you, I, I know your partner.
0: I know it was assumed that it wasn't perfect. <laughs> yeah. I know your partner.
1: I, I wasn't getting thrown up on by a three-year-old in the middle of the night and be mm-hmm. like, oh, apparently you ate too many Cheetos today. And now this is my life. So a yep. yep. uh, true story that happened this week. There you go. But you know what I mean? Like we had that time, but I, I think I understand the sentiment of people are like, look, why am I going to hurry and get married so I can just exchange the pressure of where's the kids? How come you don't have kids yet? What's wrong with you? You know how that works, right? And you're like, man, I'd rather have the dumb jokes about marriage instead of mm-hmm. these dumb jokes about kids. So I don't know. That's my take. Huh. I think you got to look at your relationship. Is it still going to grow if you continue to just date? Or are you just kind of like, that's it? Because I really hit that point with Russ. I'm like, we either get married or like, I'm moving on, you know
0: mm-hmm. so. I think it, I think it also speaks to when you t- start to bring in the kid part, right It's just like being if the words of other people bother you, it it's almost mm-hmm. like uh it's your own insecurity, right?
1: Yeah,
0: would fair to yeah. say because I think mm-hmm. because I think at least in my experience, right So I'm early 40s and you know my wife's still able to have kids. We at this time have not decided that that's something that we're going to do. And when people mm-hmm. say and they do, not very often jokingly with me or whatever, but like, are you, are you thinking uh, about having kids? Uh, you know, I'll say something like at this point, no, we're not. And that's it. And I don't know yeah. if it's different, like if you're younger or like, if mm-hmm. you feel like you have to play along with the thing or, mm-hmm. you know, age, I'm not sure why that's the difference, but it seems to me like if a young couple, if someone was like, when are you going to have kids? And, and then you said to that person, you know, we are, figuring out what that's going to look like in our life plan. And we'll make the decision to have kids when we feel like it's comfortable. Like, I don't know where that person that's teasing and I'm a joker would then Mm -hmm. go, Oh, Oh, (laughs) you know, like, I think think just being able to be secure in it, but I think it's the expectations, it's the cultural, this it's the, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. It makes it muddy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: Oh, they also, they talked about sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, quote, my first advice is to remember that whatever our own variations in the diversity of our father in heaven's creations, he loves all of us and his perfect plan of happiness has a place for all. While he said God has repeatedly revealed and that he created male and female, he said church members can love others and find common ground while not compromising those truths. Further. President Oaks repeated previous statements that he's made that gender dysphoria, quote, assumes different forms at different times in a person's life and that those affected by it and their families should take a long view and rely on eternal principles. So it's a it's a great talk, uh, both of them, to be able to listen mm-hmm. to. And, you you know, because it's not really for single folks. You can find it online. It's from uh, May 21st. It originated the conference center and went out for young, single adults, ages 18 to 30. What, uh, I, What? oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I take it he didn't say, uh, you know, happy Pride Month coming up.
0: <laughs> and by the way, in closing. <laughs> by the way,
1: I share this in Pride the spirit month. of Pride Month that is coming up in June. Yep. <laughs> that wasn't a transitional phrase he used.
0: It's so. an inter- it's interesting thing. And someone sort of suggested this online the other night, you know, with um, President Oakes being the next in line, to be the prophet of the church if we continue to follow suit um, Mm -hmm. with how it's been. doesn't have to be, but that's how it has been since, uh, you know, Brigham Young became the prophet, Uh, that since Elder Oaks is next, some have started to kind of cite a change within President Oaks, you know, his talk at the last general conference where he's just quoted Christ, and then things like this, that he's been very, I don't know, diplomatic, not the word, but in past elder Oaks has certainly been the one where people go uh, elder yep. Oaks, and it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore or not as yeah. you know, much, or maybe I'm blind to it.
1: Only, only God knows. That's all I'll say is I don't know what's happening, but I'm just, I'm just here to hang out and listen a little bit. So,
0: Centenarian Nelson. What, uh, what next story do you have?
1: Uh, have we talked about Amazon and purchasing um, you, know,
0: you know, uh, the
1: warehouse.
0: I can't, I don't think we did in the last articles of news, but how terrible is it that I can't remember? Uh, go on.
1: Well, and my story that I'm, I'm looking at is from a day ago in the Salt Lake Tribune, but I feel like I've heard about it at the end of last week where, uh, the church has purchased an Amazon warehouse for 89 million. And it's going to be a charity warehouse and how this actually looks in functioning, I think it's going to be very interesting. Hmm. Um, it's going, it's going to be used as an expansion of, you know, LDS charities, the the work that is done, um, which we've been doing so much. I think we've always been doing a lot, but it just seems like it's expanding and I'm interested to see what comes of that. But as the article says, a cool 89 million, it's not a, cool, a hot yeah. 89 million. It's a cool one.
0: Yeah, so, it's, it's hot under 50. I think that's how that works.
1: <laughs> is that how it is? Okay. Yeah, and then yeah.
0: after 50, it's a cool 100 mil. It's
1: too, too cool on that point. Yeah. So that's that's exciting. That's kind of a story to watch. Uh, watch that develop. Watch what comes of that. Check that out. Follow it along. Hopefully we do some more follow-ups here as that goes from purchase to you know a remodel to it's up and running. It's in use of ribbon cutting. I don't know what they'll do.
0: So. Now what I didn't know and what you're bringing to my attention for the first time is that it is actually um going to be a charitable uh like function, right? Yes. What what yeah. what, what I heard or what I seem to remember reading was that the church bought it and that it's uh, an Amazon warehouse and the church just invested in it and they put it under the arm of the charity um one of the charity LLCs of the church. So, well, so I thought it was just an investment, and that Amazon was going to continue to rent it from them, and it became sort of a money-making uh, yes building as opposed that, to this is a bishop's storehouse Stare, house where people can find this and get this and whatever.
1: It will be rentable. I know that or portions of it will be rentable, but I think it's going to be a hybrid use okay. of charitable and profitable but that's sort of how it was the purpose or the interest the church has in it is the charitable side hmm. because think about some some of the operations that you have and yes right now we're doing a lot of it in you know church parking lots or whatever but the ability the the reach you can have when you have more space sure. to to assemble or to get things done or to store things that have been made can make a huge difference so but it is multi-use Hmm. Um, and Richie, I could bore you with the nerd lawyer stuff of how um a lot of nonprofits in the war in the United States um are moving so that they have a for-profit component to it, Hmm. and how there's been a change that it used to be really like you were a business and you had this business purpose and you made money, or Hmm. you were a charity and a nonprofit and you were super poor. And you like were barely scraping by and you hoped that volunteers showed up, but there has been a lot of change in how that business operation works to mm-hmm. where it's a combined thing where yes, you are making a profit, but there's also a charitable side to that. And so what you're seeing emerge, at least in the legal world, we're seeing these hybrid businesses evolve where they're both a nonprofit and for-profit entities. And it's to be determined how that works out with taxes and all those other things. But um, some legal minds within the last, I'd say I've seen this come about in the last seven or eight years where they've said, you know what, this is dumb. Why do we have to pick to be either be a good person or a greedy person? Why Mm -hmm. can't we have a little of both and walk this line? And then you're seeing it implemented a lot more now. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, there's your lecture. You just went to law school.
0: (laughs) <laughs> lecture, lecture received. I'll expect my, uh, jurist doctorate. Is that what it's called?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's called yep. the JD doctor of the laws.
0: Yeah. I'll expect my, uh, jurist doctorate in the mail. As soon as I pay yep. my school fees, yes. as soon as I pay my school fees, he'll send it along to me. Just like when I graduated from college. Uh, here's an interesting, did you know, did you know mm-hmm. that in the original endowment film, for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints there was a scene from fantasia
1: i only know because i read the story yes. but yeah yeah
0: it, cool? it was
1: yeah it was before my time i'm a no. i'm a young and so let me just toss my hair and <laughs> pat my unwrinkled face but i did not see uh-huh. that one
0: yeah uh the uh creation uh scene from the temple video uh back in the day of a young elder gordon b hinckley uh was when yes was when that was part of the temple endowment video no mickeys for people that like to find the hidden mickeys there's there was not one uh Mm -hmm. there uh it just further cements the idea that the church owns disney or that disney disney owns the church Mm -hmm. that's probably where it started jokes aside that probably literally is where people started to think about some sort of collaboration between the two organizations
1: yeah i've seen this before Hmm.
0: yeah hmm Mm-hmm. i I, I, I for one, uh, you know, I kind of would have appreciated a hidden Mickey. I know that's probably what borderline blasphemous Irrelevant yeah, certainly
1: we're all about the Easter eggs these days and the crossovers and you just don't really get that. There's not a secret Spider-Man. There's no Marvel interplay there. Yeah. There's no pure doctrine undefiled. there
0: There is no wait for the end of the endowment video for the sacred scene at the end. Although the idea of that blasphemous, how dare I?
1: Yes. Yes. But let me tell you a story that relates to somebody who was a member of the church. Actually, I think she was on Nickelodeon. So okay. not a Disney connection, but sort of the TV film industry and relating to the church. I know you've heard of the book. I'm glad my mom died by mm-hmm. Jeanette McCurdy.
0: I have read that so, book.
1: I did too. It was, it was a fascinating read. But there's a good article that's out about uh, that ar- that book because part of the book, she talks about growing up in the LDS church mm-hmm. and, uh, her childhood. So this is coming from the religious news service, flunking sainthood section, and it's written January. by Jenna. Ru- yep. And she talks about it. What I thought was interesting is, you know, she talks about why this is different from a lot of other. I left the church, uh, books that are out there. Right. hmm because this one that's not the main focus she's got this greater story of a dysfunctional family that's happening and she talks very positively about the church and then like in the start of the book and as it goes on you know the church fades from her life and the three points in the article about why this is a good book for us to read as members of the church she has three points
0: number First,
1: 1 number 1 most people who leave don't start out with deep entrenched support for church activity so this is what makes it different from a lot of those like, oh my gosh, they were so into it. like these this family was kind of in, but also like not super in all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> I honestly think that's probably like eighty five percent of church members, right? Sure. like we're we're going, but we are not um, we're not like the borderline cult group that like uh-huh. have made this part of their personality, right? Uh-huh. It's just like a place you go feel the spirit, feel good, it helps you throughout your week. And you keep moving along. But it's not like, you know, <clears throat> it's not like culturally in their life, mm-hmm. Two, there isn't a necessarily one clearly definable issue or breaking moment. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of something that you were doing didn't serve a purpose anymore. And then people kind of step away, which I think really helps if you're looking at helping these people come back to church. Like a lot of times people are looking for where's the big, where's the aha moment. Where was the huge never again. Yep. And you know, that really ticked you off or something like that. A lot of them are, just, it just doesn't fit. And you have to be okay and realize that when you go and invite people back, that they're not necessarily going to have some sort of tip with it, but they just don't see what brings them back to it. So why would I do that again? Mm -hmm. And then number three,
0: number three,
1: they're not particularly upset about leaving. It doesn't define their experience in their life. um, In the way the vocal minority who did grow up fully active and orthodox often have an emotional wrenching time leaving the fold. So, you know, if you approach them about it, it's like, you know, something they did, it was part of their life and, and they're just bumping along still. So, I thought that article was interesting. I thought it would be helpful for active church members to read, leaders to read to help know where people who have left the church might be coming from. So
0: there uh and you'll remember this from the reading of the book and I wish I had the quote. I just tried to Google it to see if I could find it, but in within mm-hmm. the book she she essentially explores uh, the, the friend of her family, or the her friend that like a, I think it's her best friend, even where it's like she's a good Mormon or something like that, right? There's the distinction yeah. between one of those Mormons and then one of these mm-hmm. Mormons, and I'm using the bad terminology. I can't figure out what it yeah what it was that it was, she said.
1: It was like a second class Mormon because she so she's in Beehive, she gets to be the Beehive, and she gets called to be a secretary, and someone's like, well, that's not really a job. Mm-hmm. in the church. And she's like, Oh, it's not. And they're like, well, yeah, because we don't think you're going to be around for a long time. Because yeah. why would we give a real important calling to somebody that's, you know, family isn't super strong. And she was, I think that was like a moment of self-awareness where like, Oh, am I not like, are we different? Like, yeah. I know we were all just coming here for the Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Heartbreaking, but pretty spot within that. Yeah. In that book, for sure. Uh, It's called I'm I'm glad my mom died. I'm glad my mother died. What's it called
1: again? I'm glad Glad my my mom died.
0: Jeanette Uh,
1: McCurdy. So
0: and I prefer to hear uh, her read it. You can find it on. Yes. I think that's actually how I air quote read that book. Uh, You want to be paid by the? You want to be paid by the church? You want to be a movie star like Jeanette McCurdy? Well, this probably <laughs> isn't the avenue to do it, but you can get in the churchwide talent database. Uh, this is for things like if you have musical talent or you, uh, you want to be a part of events, broadcasts, performances, other productions. If you want to be considered, what? yeah, there's a uh, a music and casting webpage. You can find all this in the the um, show notes for this particular episode. It's things like a resume and a picture in some instances, and um, they could also employ your help for church music festivals, for Temple Square events, for the new hymn and song translation feedback, virtual music training and education, the audio version of the new hymn book in multiple languages, broadcasts for children, youth, missionaries, young, single adults, and other audiences. All these things uh, is what it is for. So if you would like to, Create a profile. It doesn't cost anything, and then they reach out. If they go, look, that Chow, that Chow in Texas, we need, we we need a, we need a lawyer. Can you play a lawyer?
1: Yes. Um, (laughs) yeah. So this is by the church.
0: Uh huh. This is the official church casting. Hold on, I I got the right exact title for it. It's called the church-wide talent database.
1: Richie, this is an answer to a conversation we had. I'm not going to call it a prayer, Uh but you and I had a conversation about it on a previous articles of news. I said, you know, it'd be great if there was a way that you could know like what's out there. And I told you about that ward that's over by DC. That's Uh really good at music and Uh the Uh choir. This is like an answer to that conversation. I'm not going to call it a prayer because I wasn't praying for it, but Um, it's sort of a way where you can kind of see what kind of talent is, is out there. Who's out there. That's really cool. I really like that.
0: For the love of Kyle. Let's call it a miracle.
1: Oh, yes. And then, um, you made me think of a little side story. Yes. Share it right now. Uh So Russ is now one of the secretaries, executive secretaries for the stake presidency in our ward. That's a lot of meetings.
0: That's a lot of time away.
1: Yes it is. And they can do it early in the morning, like early, early Sundays. So um, we went to state conference. He had to be there for like all the state conference. Right. Uh Uh And so we went and I was trying to make jokes with the guy in front of us, this couple sitting in front of us. I was like, Hey, how's it going? And they were not interested. And I was like, well, where are you from? Also not interested. And I said, (laughs) did you bring enough water? Like I was trying to make all the jokes and they weren't interested. And finally I relaxed and sat back. And Russ leaned over and he said, That's the doctor in case something goes wrong. And there's a medical emergency. He's the doctor that's here to kind of help anybody that passes out or has, you know, there's any concern. And I was okay. like, Oh, okay. And then he pointed to a guy up behind that was sitting on the stand. That guy's for security. He's huh. here in case anything goes wrong. But which he just looks like a guy, like, right? It's just like sure. a guy in our stake. And I guess the guy in front of us was just a guy in mistake. And so I said to Russ, Well, I guess I'm that makes me the lawyer. Yeah. If anybody needs a will or something real quick, we can just boom. And he's like, Did you bring a notary? And I was like, no. But I have witnesses. So good yeah. enough. Like, we'll, yeah, we'll make it work. But I was I'm, just like, hey, what about the lawyer? We need a lawyer here too.
0: So, see, and you're and you're it. You get in yeah. there. You don't let you I'm, don't let them. You don't yeah. Get in there. Uh, I'm curious. How many more stories do you have at this point?
1: I've got, well, I've got some shorties. I've got
0: okay. one, two, three. Okay. So four. Multiple. Oh, whoa, geez. All right. Wait, no, that's just,
1: still three. That's still three. <laughs> and then I've got four. So I've got okay. four. All right. Some of them are real short. Let's do the real, real short ones. Go. Okay. All right. If you live in Elko, Nevada, mm-hmm. you're about to be invaded by Mormons.
0: Not just
1: any Mormons. No, the crickets. Uh, Oh, Richie, you didn't find that humorous? Come on. So
0: Those, they, listen, they have not been baptized or they would not be alive.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's true.
0: Crickets can't make it through immersion. Sorry, Chow.
1: That's true. Well, it came up, you know, 16 hours ago, hot off the presses. Those crickets are invading Elko, Nevada. Get your seagulls, release them, save yourselves.
0: Save yourselves, um, get the seagulls. Okay. Yep. Three more stories that's, from
1: Chow. That's Yep. <laughs> Only the important stuff. That's from uh, 2 News Nevada, in yeah. case you need to look it <laughs> up. But warn your friends, warn your families. Elko, Nevada. They've got trouble coming their way. Hide All right. Your, this hide one your is,
0: kids. Hide your crops.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, this one's a little bizarre. I want to say it's bizarre, and I'm sorry, but um, it's coming also from the Salt Lake Tribune. Okay. Um, And it's really fresh um this is june 2nd 2023 at 2 51 p.m
0: we're recording at 4 41 p.m on the same day
1: the davis school district oh yeah there is a challenge to the book of mormon previous challenge uh, so there's a new utah law that says you can uh, challenge or people can tell the school district hey we think that this book has explicit material in it that's not appropriate for children And it shouldn't be in our elementary schools or junior high schools. And apparently somebody did that for the Bible and said, we don't think the Bible should be in there. And the school district said, well, you know, you're kind of right.
0: Yeah, so they they actually took it out. That's the official (laughs) move of the Davis uh, County School Board. They said, yep, no Bible.
1: Which I bet that librarian was like, This book hasn't moved since yeah. it got here. You know, I, I just don't see a lot of second graders are like, I want the Bible.
0: Sure, like, sure.
1: Give me that Bible. Well, apparently there's they've received another challenge, this time to the Book of Mormon. Um, the request for removal says it contains violence, including battles, beheadings, kidnappings among its stories. And so, you know, just can't have it there. Which Here's my two cents on this. I wish them luck in deciding it. I read with my children Treasure Island. Mm -hmm. Uh, My son was five. My second oldest was seven. My oldest was nine. Let me tell you what they talk about in Treasure Island. Cirrhosis, murder, um, ladies of the night. (laughs) And here I am reading it to my kids. and They're like, Child abuse, right? People are like hitting this kid that's stowed away on the Treasure Island ship. And um, you know what? It's fine. I mean, people, Hans Christian Andersen is rolling over in his grave because people were kidnapping kids to eat the children in his stories. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. When they come from Treasure Island, that's when I'm going to put my foot down with the Davis School District and say, absolutely not. Children need to know about cirrhosis and long john silver when they How came, dare
0: you. when they came for dr seuss i said nothing yeah, when no. they came for the bible <laughs> yeah the bible i said nothing no so nothing so so, so yeah. uh here's the interesting thing about that to to me um i understand that there are certain things that kids just shouldn't have access to right that there mm-hmm. there, there are certain things that uh, are acceptable for a certain maturity level. And I think that that's maybe some of the gray area, right? Because your, mm-hmm. you know, five-year-old may be more mature than my five-year-old and your five-year-old could handle something better. But, but I think generally speaking, and maybe a little bit broader, we can say an elementary school kid shouldn't be exposed to blank, whatever that blank mm-hmm. is, right? Yeah. Generally speaking. Um, I, I think the issue that you have is when, you have these um, organizations that really start to be like, you know, we, we don't want this or this or this mm-hmm. or this. And we really need to define it. We need to define it because if we don't define it, then it's going to be gone and we're not going to be able to do it. And we need to do this. We've got to now, now, now. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you have the other side of it, which is people are like, all right, well then take the Bible out. And to be clear here in the state of Utah, people have been like, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. But it's different violence. It's different adultery. Yeah. It's different, you know, kidnapping, all the things, right? It's it's different mm-hmm. because it's the reverence for this particular scripture and whether or not they believe. Anyway, the, the it's already put into play here in the state of Utah to change it and have a religious exemption religious scriptural mm. exemption for this particular thing yeah of course of course it is but here the the really horrible comparison that i am going to try and draw here everyone get on board i'm gonna land the plane uh okay i'm here for it when the state of utah really tried to push to say we're not having gay marriage
1: mm, yes
0: when we when we pushed and we pushed oh. and we pushed it went right back into our faces. And that's actually why it went so quickly to be able to have gay marriages. It went then through mm-hmm. the system and all those things, because we were like, yeah, we got to, we got to make sure that this doesn't happen, make sure it doesn't happen. And then, yep. and then it was like, nope, it's happening. And it mm-hmm. would have been caught up in court a little bit longer. It would have some of these other things had they just been like, no, uh, nah. yeah, well, I don't know. But because they were so adamant about it's gotta be this way, it actually had the opposite effect. Opposite effect.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm not um I'm not sure where you draw the line, but just that's the latest debate that's coming to a school district near you in Utah.
0: <laughs> well, down so. in Texas, you guys love to ban books, but that's a story for a different time. Hello
1: you not the Bible though. Oh my goodness. You can't. Nope. Nope. Nope.
0: Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 By my count, you've got two more stories.
1: Okay. So let's see here. All right. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you've heard of this young lady. Um, she is from, she's played with the members oh, of the we ACDC. Oh,
0: no, we did this story on the We've last You've done that? News. Yep.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Well, one more the, story.
1: The, the, the only thing I want you to know from that and I want people to know from that she's going to girls camp this summer. Yes. She may be going to Harvard Harvard later this year, but girls camp first. So, Boom. you know, hold it, Harvard. She needs to go do a faith walk. She mm-hmm. needs to, you know, have some campfires, do some a skit. S'mores. Yep. Only the most important things first. Yep.
0: She she's going to she's going to write an acoustic electronic um um Gregorian version of the Lord said to Noah, there's going to be a floody floody.
1: Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. We should have, maybe this will spout changes of, we can have drums now along yeah. with our music in
0: our worship services. Because okay. One person. Okay. Final story.
1: Chow is Final good. story. Home. Also super short. Um, you may remember the parable of the slope from elder Clark G. Gilbert's talk mm-hmm. in general conference. Well, guess what? If you don't, you can go on YouTube and you can watch this sand art video that the church has put out to illustrate the parable of the slope and what that story was. So, if you fell asleep in that part of the conference, you were snoozing, um, guess what? You can now uh, watch the visual sand art creation. It's cool, it's black and white. I love it. So, it's very you know, kid friendly. If you, if you're a mom and you have a night where you're just trying to get through, come follow me, or you just want to put on something. So they get a little bit of scriptures that day, mm-hmm. put it on.
0: Yeah. I so, want to say, uh, before I let you go too far for that, or if you were a dad where you're just trying to get oh, kids to sleep oh, and doing come true. follow me full yeah. circle, full circle. Yep. That's
1: true. Dad gets credit too, because you know what they, yep. That, def, that's what Russ is doing down in Texas. Cause I'm in Utah <laughs> right now. So uh, the, the, Russ, there's
0: a hint. Go do that. Go so, do the come follow me. The final story uh to share Carston, Alberta, you certainly have love that yes. was where you were married. Uh it is a it is a Mormon uh oasis in Canada. No drinking. But maybe soon to change. They they've kind maybe of said, "Hey, more. we we'd like the idea of the Camel's Nose in this here tent. We're willing to we're willing to entertain the Camel's Nose." cardston alberta might become uh it might be able to get a drink up there yeah Not for mormons to be clear not uh, it's just for the city
1: right but you know what i think more people will come to your temple wedding because you know what my like i said my family we got married in the cardston temple we mm-hmm. left everybody else went and ate, the, ate at the chinese buffet but you know i know nobody was drinking mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that wasn't an option And I have family that they're not members of the church. They were raised in the Catholic Church or whatever. Mm -hmm. They probably, after getting through that day, could have used something to kind of help them relax or celebrate. So now they'll have that option. So well, it hasn't.
0: It I was going to say hasn't been determined, but they're saying maybe we might be willing.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe.
0: So. Well, we'll we'll find out about uh because I think the cart's isn't gonna be shut down for a little bit. Maybe we'll ask Corey K. Ward, yes. the pharaoh himself, to tell us a little bit more about that mm-hmm. and all of the other temples when we come back in the third block with the temple ticker. Thanks, Chow.
1: You're welcome. Good to see you.
0: Yeah, chow. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> you got me.
0: Best DJ in Utah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy. DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah, been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, "Hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall," because maybe, just maybe, I give a Cultural Hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to Best DJ in Utah. for you when you need creative affordable design let it be lennon
1: design call 801-699-3022 or visit lennondesign.com
0: here in the third block of the cultural hall we welcome the pharaoh himself Corey k ward good morning it's morning for us but wherever people are listening I don't know, time time doesn't make sense in a podcast me <laughs> <laughs> for me neither it it makes even less sense in a show in podcast form. Uh, we're recording this early in the morning, and you can tell because I can hit a low note like something like this. After nine, I'm like, hi, everybody. How's it going? I couldn't.
2: <laughs> yeah, just rolled out of bed to talk to you, Richie.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. I love being the first voice that you hear in the morning. I'm very excited. <laughs> we're going to talk about all the temple news uh, about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But before we get into the stuff that you prepared... I have your life figured out. Really? I know what I want I want you to be. I know, I know your need. I know your niche. I know where you can do the most good in the world. Are you ready for this?
2: I'm ready to hear it.
0: So I went to the Hell in the Temple, uh, you know, the open house. And what what we need is a Corey K ward at every temple open house. Now, here's the deal: there are lots of people that are just like I just want to see the pretty building. I just want to be able to see what the different features are. But I know that I am not alone in that I want to go, tell me about the granite. Tell me about the, why there's only nine oxen and not 12. Like I I need, and I am not alone. Mm -hmm. A Corey K. Ward, and and maybe we have like the the Corey Corner. I've been thinking about this quite a bit, where (laughs) everyone kind of goes who wants to find you. We sort of know it, and you're just a standard at all of the temple things. And so we kind of sneak over or just walk very proudly over and be like, I would like to talk to you for as long as you want and I can about all the nerdy things about the temple as opposed to just this is a beautiful building where we're able to worship and see it now because you're not going to be allowed in later. That is what I think your job should be.
2: No, I totally get you. For all open houses I've been to, um, i run into the same um, things where I try and ask an usher a question and just flat out, they don't know anything. Yeah. They're not given any preparation. They're just like, hey, just tell me where to go. Here's the route. Yep. Um, But yeah, very okay. little research is done before.
0: Yeah, and again it, does, it it's not for everyone. So I know that this is not like a mass appeal kind of thing, but I think it's for more than maybe we we think of or or assume or or maybe not, I don't know. But I feel like there should be and that you could even make it a calling, not for you cuz you need to get paid. Pay this guy money. Come on, hire the pharaoh. Uh but like if, if we're not going to do it with you with all the temples Let's have like that one. You are called to be the super nerd of this temple. Be at the temple place for whenever one goes through.
2: Well, there is that um, like week or so of um, VIP media tours. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's people there that are more knowledgeable about the temple. Yeah, but- maybe you should try and flex your press credentials and get into one of those.
0: Yeah, I, I'm gonna wheel. It. I'm gonna try and do that, and I think I can <laughs> actually uh, with Taylorsville. So when Taylor's opens up next year, I'll try and be a part of that VIP. But if they don't have it there, I I think we, uh, I'm going to make a little line on my tithing slip that says (laughs) Temple Guru and then put my money towards that. And they'll be like, who is this? And then they'll have to ask me for my, you know, why I'm doing that. So I I digress. it. It was fun. It was beautiful. But I didn't get I didn't get nearly enough information about. The modular temple and how it got put together and all the things it was just like it's great
2: yeah <laughs> at least they could watch the video like the church put out this video beforehand sure have all the volunteers watch that and then they can answer questions yeah I don't know.
0: yeah but i mean uh, uh, a beautiful place
2: uh so you're fascinated by this baptismal font right
0: yes <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. And someone sent an email. I wish I had the name right now. I should have done. But um, that said, well, you know, you can probably assume it's just because of space that they only had the nine because the 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 final three are sort of encapsulated under the stairs. And I'm like, well, yes, of course I can assume. But <laughs> symbology isn't assumption. Symbology is symbology. So,
2: I don't know. yeah, there was a I don't know. Like, I don't know for sure what this is what temples these are, but there's um I've heard that in some of the Hinkley smaller temples that they used like a mirror mm. so that um you'd only have like six oxen, but then they'd have the other ones reflected. So when you look backwards it looks like there's there's more, even though the ledge is like right there behind the mirror. Well see?
0: <laughs> That's a hundred percent what I'm talking about. But when you're saying it's the 12 tribes of Israel and there's only nine <laughs> You know, Eph- Ephraim and Manasseh looking around, going, What? What about us, guys? What What are we doing? What do we do? And yes, yeah, I normally know.
2: those three are kind of just like stuffed under the stairs. I see some really interesting of fonts where you just have those three just kind of smushed, you never see them, but yeah,
0: or there, or you do four on each side, which again isn't the model which we've done.
2: We digress. Let's get three into to the north, three to the south, three to the east. Three I know, to the That's I know, what
0: the I know. <laughs> at least then you get you get 12 if you do it the other way uh we go to to uh columbus ohio which this is exciting because this temple was originally dedicated when i was serving a mission in ohio cleveland but still the the state was abuzz with this temple dedication but what's going on in columbus
2: yeah it's going to be rededicated today as we speak so probably by the time you hear this it will be done um president russell m ballard of the president of the Corps the acting president um, is going to dedicate it and I'm not expecting anything too drastic so um, unless something does interesting happens we'll mention it later but yeah it happened.
0: Rededicated
2: and the if it was here in
0: Ohio get excited as we look forward to location being, or not location is being announced, uh, that's already happened for the Cleveland Temple but for the the building to actually be built
2: yeah uh charlotte north carolina yeah we got a temple site announced for this temple it was announced just earlier this year in april um it's a 5.9 acre site in weddington north carolina which is pretty close to the south carolina border um and then it's right across the street from the first Baptist church of weddington and then it kind of like is behind the backyard of this it looks like an old like house Mm-hmm. Um, where this site is, but it looks like in the last few years around the temple, there's a there's some very large homes in a gated community that are abutting the the property of the temple. So, which is um, no
0: surprise. That's where we like to build temples.
2: That's right. And the single story temple of thirty thousand square foot um, feet. So a pretty standard design that we've seen across the country and the world. Um, but, we'll see a, if, well, go if ahead. the neighbors have any problems with this sure. big building going in the backyard as we'll discuss in a second
0: yeah because the folks in wyoming they uh they they took to their uh, four by fours and their uh and their pick them up trucks and their pitchforks to the street and said not in our town church of jesus christ of latter day saints here in cody we do things a little different tell me about the uh, controversy up here
2: yeah, so uh, as we talked about in Temple Tickers of the Past, it's being built in this like field next to this canal on this road. But I guess there are people that live out there. And um, when you move to a rural area, you go there expecting it's always going to be rural. It's always <laughs> going to be like it was when I moved in. Um, and so when the they had a church announced that they're going to build the temple there, um, the neighbors weren't so happy. Some of them said it's a massive structure. And then another one said, um, illuminated 24 hours and there's going to be dangerous traffic and damage the wildlife habitat. And then someone else said, the temple will ruin my property. You will make it uninhabitable. Hmm. And so um, we can see that, uh, of course, this it was, it's, this is going to be the same size as the Helena Temple. Do you think that it's a massive structure?
0: Well, I mean, here. So here is my thought about that. It, mm-hmm. I think it, it's a massive structure comparatively. Mm-hmm. You know, because at ten thousand square feet it is much larger than anything that you see around it, it in Helena. Uh, I would imagine having not frequented the the township of Cody, Wyoming that I but I can feel like I can make that assumption that yeah, it's probably you know, a massive structure comparatively. I th- I think the big issue that I saw is that normal buildings that are in Cody, like there's a height of like 30 feet or something like that. And the church is wanting to put in 101 or 110 foot, you know, up in the air steeple. And I, and, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, based on some talks that we heard at last general conference and some of these things, I know that we want them to be like a beacon for the community. And I think in some places, um, they, they certainly are. I think of like, um, I mean, they are for everywhere, but like a physical beacon, like I think of St. George, how you're able to see the St. George temple in the center, but it sort of makes sense with the history of that town. It was saints that went there and had this thing and that's what they wanted. And everyone was sort of united for the cause. And I think something like that made sense. I think the, the, the more that we start going into communities where you know, we're we're making this offering for a temple, but there's maybe not a lot of members of the church, or you know, we we come in and we go. These are our traditions, and we want to make these traditions here. I think we're, I mm. we have to be really careful to to try and be like, yep, rubber stamp it. Put another one here in all aspects. You know, the light in Heber City, the steeple in Cody. We I think we just need to be. I think we need to be more sensitive. I think we can still stand out have a great symbol for the community be a great place that worships the savior but also be like yeah and we're going to keep it in the confines of what the neighborhood is so we're not those people that are you know making it so different
2: gotcha yeah that's a good perspective um i guess um i'm just saying that there's there's not a lot of open land um in Cody so they're saying put it somewhere else but then you know someone else will just have complaints and so sure. Um, and it's, I mean, it's the smallest temple the church builds, so um, anyways, so I guess the the neighbors put up a, a large crane, and basically said, this is 101 feet, this is how big it will be, um, they put the flag up there, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you, I guess you can see it from all over town, so mm. I guess it's interesting. Although there's there's buildings like the the Hampton Inn, um, just up the road, that's like four stories tall. There's definitely some, there's some buildings that are they're probably almost as tall as this. Yeah, the um, other side, the pro-temple is like, look,
0: look we've already <laughs> got the Hampton Inn, guys. <laughs> Did it ruin your property? The Hampton Inn? Next thing, are we going to get a La Quinta? Is that what's
2: coming next? We let one <laughs> Hampton Inn, and now the La Quinta is coming our way? Yeah, so like I guess it's fine, too. I mean, and certainly the church is asking for a zoning um, variance because the zoning uh, says buildings will only be 30 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And so um the I mean, by representation of their city council, they do have the right to, I guess, um express their opinion and to say, hey, this is like three times as large as what the zoning says. If you just make an exception for this, then it's kind of zero zoning's useless. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, and let's so have... oh go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Nope. I was I was gonna move us along what you got.
2: <laughs> oh so the the church I was gonna have a hearing back in May but they um pulled out of that hearing um and then they they resubmitted for a hearing scheduled for june 15th one of the stories said they're probably not going to make any revisions so who knows why they did that maybe it's because on june 6th they're they're hosting an open house Mm. um to talk to the neighbors to see if they can dispel any of the myths um that may be out there but just provide some more information so yeah,
0: just a, a fact-finding tour, as it were. Elder Christofferson down in New Zealand.
2: Yeah, he um, was visiting the, the MTC there in Auckland, and he was there at the temple under construction. So he gave some devotionals about preparing for the dedication of the temple. When is it, we but, don't know when that's going to be dedicated yet, do we? Probably next year. Okay, working. So, um, but he also visited Australia, several cities in Australia, like Melbourne, Hobart adelaide darwin and ellis springs and so some of those communities are, are pretty small um don't have much of it i mean they like maybe have a few branches mm-hmm. um hobart has a stake down there in tasmania there's been rumors that they would maybe build a temple there eventually so
0: well that's what he said he said come on guys get it together one's coming Need <laughs> to be there let's go let's do it come on uh Salt Lake Temple, Uh, I I haven't been down physically. I'm actually going to go down uh, this next coming week, not specifically for the temple, but I'll be downtown, but I'll make this specific effort to go over towards the Salt Lake Temple, continuing to be uh, renovated.
2: Yeah, and so if you go over there, um, starting back on June 1st, the church opened the new uh, plaza that's over by the church office building. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's the part that's on um, by State Street um so there'll be 91 flags kind of in a circle area uh the Salt Lake Tribune calls it a popular sack lunch location in Salt Lake City
0: heck yes what are the 91 flags
2: I assuming it's the locations where we have missionaries and actively um operate even though the church has members in more countries than that but it may just be random the ones that are there because when I worked at the MTC we put up a bunch of flags and normally it was just random the ones that we put up so
0: people are like I love the, the flag of Uzbekistan. <laughs> Look at the way that... Okay, that's interesting. But see see how you would be? You would know if you were down at the uh, popular Sack Lunch location that is the eastern half of the new church office building plaza, and I wanted to ask you why 91 flags. You'd say, well, actually, it's an interesting story. And then have the answer. And I love that. Tell me about the new temple presidents and matrons.
2: Um, yeah. I only mentioned use the when they call one for a new temple because... Every three years they they replace them for all the temples in the world. But these temples, the, the Lima uh Peru Los Olivos temple, which is nearing completion, should be have a, a dedication announced soon. Um just uh a couple there in Lima will be the president and the matron. And but they were used to be uh, mission leaders in Aquitos where a temple was recently announced. Hmm. And then the other location is the Pittsburgh-Pennsylvania Temple, which is not quite as far along in construction, um, but it's it's getting there. And interestingly enough, this couple is from Ohio. They both live in Akron, and they're from there as well. Hmm. So um, it would be interesting to see that um, maybe this temple will be complete, and three years will pass, and they'll, they'll be the presidents. But if the Cleveland-Ohio Temple gets completed within that um, period, mm. then it would be interesting to see if they move over to Cleveland or not.
0: Well, it's not super close so I can see, but I mean, they would have to move from Akron to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, you just sort of roll dice and go, okay, I'll go an hour and a half this way. I'll go an hour and a half the other way, but that's cool. That's I like, see, we're talking about temple presidents and matrons. What other show available in podcast form? Talking about this <laughs> uh, And then, and then finally, and I haven't taken the opportunity going to do this before the 8th of July, the Saratoga Springs,
2: Utah temple. Yeah. I, I would go with you if you, okay invited me
0: I really will let's do it. I know I said okay. that about Helena. I mean it about Saratoga Springs you haven't been yet
2: No I don't have a car so it's kind of hard to get over there well, I'll, reach out I'll
0: get part. you I'll come pick you up
2: <laughs> we can go right. on a morning we can go on a
0: like a weekday when yes like, <laughs> when no crap. one's there so we can just get right <laughs> in and not have to although I've I've been told that like doesn't matter morning, noon,
2: night okay. constantly busy constantly busy. Gotcha. And so, um, the, uh, LDS living wants to show you pictures of a double rainbow that was over the temple recently. So
0: yeah. Don't read that. the
2: comments about the double rainbow over this
0: Sar- <laughs> I'm not kidding. Don't read it. Happy them. pride. Everyone. Yep, yep. There's all sorts of that. And people are like, no, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Amazing job. Love the temple ticker. Here's the deal on the Saratoga Springs temple. Cause you're staying at your mom's house.
2: Yeah. No, I'm in City
0: Oh, I thought you were staying with family. That ruins every bit of what I was just about to say. But pretend that you hadn't just told me that and that you were going to be at your mom's. What I was going to do was say, the only way that I'll come pick you up and take you to the Saratoga Springs Temple is if I can come to your door, you promise that your mom will answer the door and that I'll say something like, can Corey play? (laughs) And then then she'll come and get you and bring you to me and be like, now you boys... Stay out of trouble and I want you home by, that was what I was hoping, but I'm cool. Staying in Salt Lake. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) We hope this episode is nourishing strength, your body that if you're not, uh, oh wait. Yeah. Sorry. No, let me let you in on that. We hope that this episode is nourishing strength in your body.
2: That if you're sick or otherwise afflicted, that you could be here next week.
0: And when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast will be saving a seat
2: for you on the back row of the The Cultural Hall. Hall.
1: Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.